podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. It takes a certain amount of focus and determination to lose weight, so your mental attitude and self-confidence is imperative in finding your unique style of fitness. In this episode, Dr. Audrey Pullman discusses the connection between a positive mental image with a positive body image. In her workshops, she teaches simple and effective techniques on how to unleash your creativity to find your unique style of fit to lose weight and attain that positive body image. Dr. Audrey also talks about how the power of mind will allow you to be bold, powerful and confident to overcome any obstacles or challenges in meeting your weight loss goal. The art of personal change is to know what you want and you will generally get it. Dr. Audrey's work and books provide the tools for a personal life's journey through an evolving self-reflection from failure to success. Dr. Audrey Pullman is a performance enhancement specialist with a background in emergency psychiatric medicine, disaster-integrated emergency management, and community addiction. She is a certified grief recovery specialist and integrates her knowledge of grief work, stress management, and holistic work with complementary and traditional medicine. Dr. Audrey has received several academic awards for the use of alternative medicine strategies in the management of chronic pain and stress-related problems. She has treated military veterans who suffered with post-traumatic stress disorder and childhood and adolescent depression with art therapy and other integrative medicine modalities. Dr. Pullman received a BA degree at the University of Denver, majoring in drama and biology. She began her medical education at the Medical College of Wisconsin and completed medical school at the Universidad Central del Caribe in Bayamón, Puerto Rico after being awarded the National Health Scholarship for underserved areas and where she did research on AIDS in the Hispanic community. She completed her psychiatric residency at the University of Maryland Shepherd Pratt program and began a two-year fellowship in community and addiction psychiatry at Sykesville Hospital. She was trained under the guidance of her medical mentor in various creative integrated modalities such as art therapy, biofeedback, hypnosis, psychodrama, and creative expression. Dr. Pullman is the CEO and founder of Audrey's Grief Expressionist Workshop, LLC, 
these AGE consultants provide a creative framework for medical students, residents, physicians, and other healthcare providers who may need additional training on creative imagination for treating non-compliant patients. To read Dr. Audrey's full biography, please visit fitforjoy.org forward slash podcast. Here is the interview with Dr. Audrey Pullman. In your own words, who is Dr. Audrey Pullman? I am a people person. I I grew up on the the reservation, Pine Ridge, South Dakota. My mother, a missionary worker, African-American. And she met my father. And I spent the first eight years of my life on a reservation. And due to the the illnesses, the depression, it motivated me to be a people person, to do something to help society. So I'm compassionate. I have empathy. And um, I enjoy life. Mm, I love to hear that. (laughs) Um, Before we begin to talk about the trilogy on finding your unique style of fit, I have a few general questions, as I mentioned before. What is another word for life? Life is an an experiment. Uh, It has uncertainty. You really don't know what to expect. Uh, You have good days and bad days. It's it just, you have to be able to deal with the adjustments of life. So it's, it's more, I would say it's a, an experiment. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah, it's like an experiment of God, of the universe. Yes, yes, hmm. yes, yes. Wow. I never heard it that way. Uh, what is the meaning of freedom to you? Well, freedom is how you would interpret it. It's, it depends on the individual. And if you're asking me personally, yeah. freedom is to enjoy doing what I like in life. Yeah. Uh, to choose the type of profession I would like, uh, to have fun. Yeah. I would say freedom is what makes you happy. Yeah, that makes sense. What is your greatest joy? My greatest joy is helping people. I, I chose a profession in, in the medical field because I, I love helping people. And I chose to be a physician so I would have less restriction. Um, you know, each one of us, like nurses, they have certain restrictions. But as a physician, you don't have as much. You have, you more have more power. Right. And so I wanted the doctor to have more power to help people without less restriction, not so right. much restriction of what you can do or what you cannot do. Right. What is the world's greatest need? It's humanity and compassion for your fellow person. Yeah. I always try to see the good in people and do good for people, but I'm always disappointed. At this age, at this time of my life, I expect disappointments, which is not good. Right. Because I always expected someone to disappoint me, even the good I do. Wow. That is interesting that you say that. As we age, we tend to become a cynic. Then we believe less in, in goodness. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be a happy place to be. What is your greatest inspiration to wake up every morning? Well, I prepare myself every day by meditating. I'm a spiritual person, so I read my favorite scriptures. So I prepare myself in life. It's my anchor by meditating, reading my favorite favorite biblical scriptures. And I do affirmations every every day, positive affirmations. That motivates me and gives me energy and starts my day off in a positive way. Yeah, it has been said is the way we start the day that will dictate right the rest of it. Exactly. True. What is love to you? Love is it's, it's a feeling. Yeah. And each person have a 
individual sense of love. Love is, I could walk through the park and just look at nature and get close to it and just fall in love with a rose petal uh, that I see and I pick it up. Love is the emotional feelings between family and friends through your partners, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriends. It's a sense of energy. It energizes you. If love is going the right way, it makes you feel good. Yeah. And it gives you a balance in life. Mm, so true. Do you think that love has the power to heal? Yes, yes, mm. it does. Right. It does. I'm wondering what kinds of healing love can promote. All kinds, or would you say some more than others? Love can promote all kinds of healings. But again, it begins with the mind. Everything begins with the mind. Love is a certain energy. It's a certain sensation. It's a certain power. And that feeling and sensation of power, it activates your mind. I don't want to get medical and technical, but it it just vibrates the whole body. It makes you happy, give you a sense of fulfillment. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, that love being this energy that changes the body, that means changing the chemistry of the body, the brain. As, yeah. Exactly. And that's exactly. what makes us emotionally, especially chemicals. Exactly. What do you think is the purpose of your life? Well, again, I always go back to helping and serving people. Yeah. You know, I try each day to make people happy, mm. whether I get the happiness in return and get it back. <laughs> Yeah. But it just does something to me. Uh, again, it gives me a certain energy. It gives me a, a certain feeling why I'm here on this earth mm-hmm. to do good for others. And it's not always reciprocated back, right. but that's okay. Mm. I, I feel good doing good things to help people. Right. And that uh, might be part of what love is, unconditional giving, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What is to be a truly healthy person, in your opinion? And does it have anything to do with our weight? Weight is part of it. But first, my trilogy book on your unique style of fit and self-esteem, it starts with the mind, how you view yourself, how do you know yourself. And I take people on a journey through my books on the power of your mind. I break it down. What is the brain? What is the mind? What is the thought? What is the idea? Mm. And how do you achieve these things by using the power of your mind? Mm. And so that's why I begin with with my patients for weight loss. I don't tell them they need to lose this weight, weigh yourself every day, take a measuring tape. I start with the mind, the power of the mind, for them to learn more about themselves. That's why I begin with the mind. Yeah, Yeah. Speaking of the mind and thoughts, what is the mind and what are thoughts? That's a very good question. It was difficult for me to separate what is a brain, what is a mind, what is a thought, what is an idea. As a medical doctor, I I still couldn't get it. So I had to, I really had to put it in a way so I could explain it to my patient. You know, the brain is a a three pound organ. You could feel it. You could see it. It have all kinds of grooves in it. And it is the apparatus of what you can do in life. Uh, Like your car. You look at your car, your car have four tires. It could get you from point A to point B, but they can't get to point A to point B unless it have other components to it. That's the same way with the brain. So the brain is an apparatus where it could take you to point A and point B, but you need your mind. The mind is the activation part, and that's like putting gasoline in your car. 
So you have gasoline in your car, which is like a mine, but you still can't do anything with that unless you have a thought or an idea or action. Right. And once you have that thought, idea, and action, that's ignition. That starts the car up. And it can get you to point A to point B. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah, the analogy. <laughs> I never heard it that way. To... Yeah, I like that. The gas being the mind. So because without the gas, you can't really do anything, uh, create anything. And then the spark will get the cart started would be the, the thoughts, right? The ideas. Exactly. What inspired you to write the trilogy on finding your unique style of fit? Well, as a doctor, when I was in medical school, I was a former actress, a model, and I always was in, in great shape. But when I was in medical school, I, I lost weight. I mean, I gained weight. And when I was in New York, I was so stressed going to acting and modeling jobs. I gained weight. So my mom, who's a, a minister, always fasted. She always did this fast. like She fasted half a day or for 24 hours. Yeah. So I started fasting. They call it intermittent fasting right. today. And I would meditate and get to myself and I pray. And I started getting these creative ideas. Mm. So I always have a goal to do a 14-day fast just with water. And I, I take time off from work. Wow. It's, I do it at the beginning of the new year. And I don't tell a lot of people this, but <laughs> <laughs> and I will. And, and I just meditate and I get to myself and I visualize. And all these creative thoughts start coming to me. I wrote all three of those books through fasting. That makes sense. Yeah. The mind, it's somewhat freed from all the um, yeah the distractions. How interesting. You know, I notice when I don't sleep deep enough, I don't sleep to the point of deep sleep, my mind's not the same. Yeah, the, the thoughts, they don't appear to be the same. They're not as positive or clear. Exactly, exactly. And sleep is very important. That's another topic. Yeah, right. So how many hours would you say it's uh, the time, the duration or the quality? Well, I think the duration should at least, adults should at least sleep seven hours a day. Right. They really should. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm wondering what constitutes quality of sleep. I know when I take vitamin C, like right before going to sleep, I sleep better. That's your style of fit. That's what works for you. Taking vitamins. You know, people try to tell everybody what to do, how to lose weight, right. uh, how to get the best sleep. I gave you some suggestions uh, in medical research, but it's going to be up to you what makes you feel the best. Wow. How do you train somebody to lose weight by tapping into their intuition, their own minds, and uh, basically guiding them to help themselves? You said the right word. It's not a quick process. It takes time. Like I said, it starts with the mind, the first mind, the mind, and how you learn about you, yourself, your authentic self, your true self. And so I take the, a person, I listen to their story. For instance, if you were someone I was seeing, I would ask you about this, your story. Right. Write a script about your life and then the power of your life. Mm. And then I would use that to guide you and give you empowerment to make you feel that you can achieve anything you want. Right. And that's through affirmations. You would create your own affirmation. You would create your own meditation, your own visualization. And then it's forming your style of fit. So first things begin with the mind, because most people, when I tell my fast 14 days was just water, they think I'm crazy. They think something's not right. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, but it takes willpower. And I don't do it right away. I fail so many times. Right. 
But it's, you start slowly by finding out yourself, your true authentic self by meditation and learning about the mind. Mm, wow, meditation. Yeah, that's a powerful tool. Yes. Yeah. And affirmation and visualization, very powerful. Right. So about the mind is the first step. And the second step is creativity. How would you write your script of losing weight? And I, and, and I changed the word of losing weight because it's like a negative connotation. Yeah. So instead of losing weight, I said, your style of fit. Yeah. I turned a negative into a positive. Right. And when you take it, turn it to a positive, the mind accepts it more. Yeah. It works for you in a positive light. So your style of fit or weight loss, it moves to the mind power and then creative power. Yeah. And then we would put together a plan how you would lose weight. How do you, what would you like to eat? And it's not about depriving you of everything. It's just eating healthy most of the time and working out. And it's not about, I don't go to the gym. I like doing creative things. I like creative dancing. Mm, Yeah, I love that too. But that's my style of fit. But somebody else may like to go to the gym and work out. Mm. I love the way your method enables us to be free to just come from a place of authenticity. You say authentic self. And that's my next question. What is the authentic self? How do we know when we are acting, thinking from that place? When you won't do certain things. When people cannot influence you to do certain things that go against your core. You know, we all make mistakes. And when you grow in life and have a sense of confidence in yourself and you know yourself and, you know, if, for example, someone breaks your heart, you know, you'll be able to get up because you have explored yourself. You explore your true self through meditation, through creativity, through affirmation. You know who you are. You've been tested. Mm. So your authentic self is just things you will not do. And if someone breaks your heart, you know you will get up because you know you're a powerful human being. You have empowerment. Wow. And that's why I teach my patients self-empowerment. Yeah, like knowing who you are, right? Yes, exactly. And that makes sense. Do you think that someone who gets to that place of authentic self and knowing who they are, they are never depressed or anxious or they never get sick and all that? Or there's also space for that that could still happen? Yes, we're all humans. We all get sick. We all get depressed. We all have negative things uh, come against us. But the difference is when someone knows their authentic self, they have anchors. Mm. They have something they prepare. You know, somebody may want to go to church. They may read the Bible. They may do affirmation. They, you know, they may do visual visualizations. They have things that give them an anchor. Or when they fall down, they'd be able to get back up. Yeah. I love the way you say preparation. Yeah. It's like almost like being a fighter who is, we are prepared for the challenges of life. Exactly. Exactly. You connect obesity to mental health. What is exactly the connection? Mental health is your state of mind. It's your mental state. Where are you? So I I could see someone walking down the street, overweight. They have their shorts on. (laughs) They have their sleeves showing. (laughs) They walk with confidence. And I said, wow, Mm. that person loves himself. And that's a start. It's not about the weight. It's how you feel about yourself. So when I see people overweight and they wearing these short shorts and their sleeves, their arms sagging, they don't see themselves in a negative way. They see themselves in a positive way. And that's the beginning, because if you see yourself in a positive way Mm. and you keep believing and you striving to find your style of fit Mm. 
and you still have this positive energy around you, you attract positive energy and you will succeed until you eventually find your style of fit and be the dress size you want to look the way you want. But the person who's overweight and have confidence, that says a lot about that individual. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way you um, connect your method to positivity. It goes back to being positive, seeing the challenge of life or accepting ourselves the way we are first and everything coming from the place of self-love in a way. I want to ask that question about self-love in a minute. (laughs) I have a question here about self-confidence. I'm wondering what is the difference between being healthy self-confidence and arrogance, narcissism, vanity, pride, overconfidence in all those? Well, those are negative connotations of people who are narcissistic. And you could be narcissistic and have self-confidence and you could be have self-confidence and be very compassionate. The narcissistic is a, a personality defect. Mm. Really, that's what it is. Yeah. That that says a lot about your true, authentic self. Yeah. You know, so it's a big difference. So, is there a way that we can tell, even in ourselves, when we are being narcissistic in some way, displaying um, narcissistic behaviors rather than being confident? Well, people will tell you. <laughs> that when you, you, you interact with people, they will let you know. <laughs> they will tell you if you're narcissistic or, you know, you know, mm. because a person, a narcissistic person doesn't have a lot of empathy for other right. people. It's all about self. Yeah. And they doesn't have a lot of compassion for other people. It's about self. Yeah. So you really be able to distinguish the difference of the two terms. That's true. Yeah, it's actually easy. And people would tell you. Right. The way they responded to our presence. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Talk to me some more about fasting for beginners. How can we get started? I mean, 14 days, that's amazing. Did you start with one, two, three days? My patients asked me about fasting, so I wrote a, like an introduction book yeah. on fasting. And um, you start from where you are. Right. Okay, so if you eat breakfast in the morning and you eat lunch and you eat dinner, just skip one of those meals. It could be breakfast or a lunch or dinner. Just skip right. one. If you usually eat breakfast in the morning, say about 7 o'clock, don't eat at 7 and eat your lunch. You eat lunch at 12. So you fast basically for like, if you count the night before, like midnight, hopefully you haven't eaten after midnight. If you count the 12 in the morning to 7, you almost did like 15 right. hours. You know, so it just, if you first do a meal a day, then skip and try for a week or two weeks. It's on your schedule. It's no rush. And then after you try, skip one meal, you skip two meals. Wow. But I tell a lot of people, like on Fridays, yeah. you could stop eating at 6 p.m. and, and fast for uh, from 6 p.m. in the evening to 6 p.m. Saturday morning. Right. Six to six. I don't think I have ever, did I fasted before? Maybe I did it, but the max 18 hours, not more than that. That's great. Right. Just wondering if I could do longer. Yeah, I'll try it though. It's almost like a a divine suggestion (laughs) because it is great for the mind. If you have a day, is there a day that you could do like 12 hours? Can you do it like a Friday or Saturday? You know, just pick pick an hour. If you want to start from 8 a.m. in the morning until 8 p.m. and fast and then eat like some fruit, something very light. That's good. That's excellent. That sounds great to me. 
just try it one time and you will see the difference. There are so many benefits to fasting. And I'm not just saying this because I have done research on it. Oh, yeah. I heard, I read about it. It's incredible, actually, yeah, the health benefits, not just for mind clarity, but the blood, everything. Everything. Right. Everything. What is spirituality to you? And what is the difference between being spiritual and being religious? That's a very good question. I was raised as a seven-day Adventist. Yeah. And they, you go to church on Saturdays, you keep the Sabbath from like on Friday evening to Saturday evening. But it's like a ritual. It's like, this is what you do. But I threw all that away because spirituality is my connection with a higher power, higher being. Right. I read the scriptures and it's just my own personal journey. Right. You know, religion, they have all the rituals. They have all these looking down other people. People shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that, shouldn't wear these type of clothes. Right. They have all these different things. And I said, I reflect on reading the Bible with Jesus. Yeah. And when he was with Matthews and the Pharisees were upset with him because he healed people on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And these supposed to be very religious people. Right. But they had no compassion for the community. Right. So that's religious to me. Right. People just go by the rule of the law, but doesn't have any compassion for other people to help yeah. them. And spirituality gives you that type of freedom. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense to me because you're right. Even spirituality sometimes can become that way. Rules and now you have to be in a certain way. You're spiritual if you do this or that. And then yes. but it doesn't make sense because it should be the freedom of just discovering what is even beyond good and bad, right? You talk about creativity. It's part of your method. I'm wondering what kinds of creative works relate better to positive change? Well, I found out I had this gift of creativity. I, I went to New York American Academy of Dramatic Arts before I went to medical school, and I went to acting jobs. I did dancing. That was a part of my creativity. And uh, so when I started seeing patients, I didn't want to prescribe them just certain medications. Like if someone was depressed, moderate depression, yeah. I didn't want to give them a bunch of pills. So basically what I did was I listened to the power of this story and extract from that their creativity. Yeah. And so I use their creativity to help them heal themselves, right, basically. Right. Did that make sense to you? Yes, yeah. So is it verbal or written stories? Would they write as well? They would do both, whatever they would like to do. I mean, some people like to write. Some people would like to verbalize it. I have some patients do dance to show me their story. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> yes, they, they, they perform, <laughs> I call it uh, expressiveness dancing. Right. You know, someone had a broken heart. They were expressed their broken heart. Mm. That's creativity. Yeah. And I use that creativity to help them heal their broken heart. Yeah. How wonderful. Yeah. Through dance, even. Yes. To dance, to draw, or some veterans, if they've been in war, if they're having post-traumatic stress disorders, yeah. are walking through the storm. I mean... You, mm -hmm. you know, you set up like chairs or something as if it's the forest and right. we do all this creativity, walk through the pain. They face the pain mm -hmm. of all that negativity that went on with them while they was at war. I'm just uh, amazed how we can express ourselves in so many ways. And all of us, we have, like you said, you keep saying that it's unique. We all unique. Yes, yes. But if you find out about your mind, you learn about the power of your mind and relax and meditate and even if you add intermittent fasting because you're removing the toxins right. from your mind 
and from your body, you would be amazed all the things that come to you. Look what we're doing right now. I'm talking to you <laughs> right now, right? We have a, a cell phone. We have microwaves. Right. We have all kinds of technology. That comes from a mind. That comes from the human mind. True. That came from an idea, a thought. Yeah, it's incredible. You're right. It's incredible. Yeah. You wrote, as humans, we are born to create. We are here to expand beyond our body, mind, and heart. What is like to expand beyond the body, mind, and heart, Dr. Audrey? First, you look at yourself in the mirror and you ask yourself, who am I? You look in the mirror, I mean, really look in the mirror and talk to yourself. What type of person am I? Mm. And if you have low self-esteem, you would say, I am a person that has a lot of confidence. I am a person that loves myself. I'm a person who can believe I could achieve anything I want in life. And you keep saying these things and look in the mirror day after day, 21 days, you begin to expand your mind. Mm. You would feel a sense of confidence because you have picked up a new habit, a new idea. It takes 21 days really to break a habit. Wow. That's very scientific, huh? (laughs) Yes, very scientific. (laughs) What are the main causes of anxiety and depression? It goes back to your mind. Do you ever wonder why you can look at the sun and it, it just warms your heart? Oh, yeah. And do you ever wonder you can look and see the stars at night and it, it twinkles? Yeah. Do you ever wonder, like I mentioned before, that you have all these people creating all these great things, iPhones, mm. you know, we just make our life so comfortable? Yeah. But then on the other hand, do you wonder why we have people in prison for murder, mm. people who have self-hatred, who are racist? Yeah. This is all from the human mind. Right. So it tells you the dominant thought of that person, what they're thinking. So if a person is thinking negative and hatred and over and over, like I say, 21 days to make a habit, it then has become automatic, Mm. you know. And so that's why we have people that are in prison who don't want to do anything with their life. Other hand, you have people who are creative. They strive to do something. You, You know, it's just how you use your mind. So everything goes back to that, right? Exact thoughts, and it makes so much sense. Do you think that our reality here in the United States is coming from that space of love, of positivity, positive thinking, or uh, it's split, or it's more negative than positive? Well, for, to me, I, I think it's majority we live in an, in a negative time. Uh, but this 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 is not new for me. So uh, you know, as I learn more. I try not to focus so much on external, what's going on. Mm, true. I, I try to focus on my world, what I'm doing to make life better. Mm. What am I doing to contribute to life? Am I doing something positive in this world? Right. Because, you know, man and woman will always disappoint you. Mm, wow. You know, and that's why I try not to mm. watch too much TV, right. um, you know, all the negative forces. I have to feed my mind very positive things because my mind is my gold mine. Mm. It's, it's powerful. It, it takes me places. It, it took me a poor girl, African-American, Native American, right. living off a reservation. People say I couldn't become a doctor mm. to become a doctor. Right. It, it took me to be able to write my seven books. Wow. It took me to where I am today. And all the negativity that I experienced on life, I had a focus and a belief that I could do something. And achieved it. I love your strength. I love your wisdom. You have a lot of wisdom. I love what you just said now about focus on our inner world, because if we can heal here, if we can end conflict here, we'll end conflict there too. Exactly. That's beautiful. Really beautiful. 
You wrote, we have intuitive perception to connect with everything we see, feel, touch, and hear. So my question is, how do we know the difference between our intuition, beliefs, wishes, and perhaps hope? Going back to your authentic self, do you have a, a place where you go to your quiet room, uh, you just, where you just, no sounds, no nothing? It's like, your, it's your secret place. Right. So your secret place is when you meditate, visualize, and do affirmation, and just relax. And then you become more in tune to all your senses. Right. When you're not watching TV and just listen to your own ideas, mm. closing your eyes, and taking your mind to your favorite place to go to make you feel good, you have to use your mind for creativity. So when, once you start using your mind to experience creativity, it increases your senses. It makes you more sensitive things around you. It, it, it knocks out all the noise. Mm. Oh, wow. So in a way, you're saying the intuition, the space, an open space where we can uh, see more. There are more possibilities. Like it's almost like magic. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. That makes sense. And sometimes it could be even uh, connected to beliefs. But as long as it's still open, then it's, uh, it's a good place. It's coming from that place of uh, authentic self, right? You said it beautifully. Mm, yeah, because I've been wondering the difference <laughs> between these things. But because, um, you know, it's easy for us to believe our own lies or our own, I don't know, delusions about life and illusions. So I'm always trying to uh, understand as deep as I can. What is that place that cannot be corrupted? It's just so pure and so full of love. It's in your mind. It's your secret place. Yeah. It's your secret place. I mean, because in my secret place, I have like candles, I have incense, <laughs> you know, I play my favorite music. Right. I, you know, it's all creativity, it's all spiritual. It's just, it, it gives you a sense of freedom. Wow. And you know, just because you described your place, I'm just thinking, what is my place? Um, Find your secret place. I think it's having conversations like this. I absolutely love to engage with other people when it comes to uh, discussing this kind of um, topics. It might be my sacred place. <laughs> I hear in your voice. I, I mean, I reviewed your books. I hear in your voice and I, I just feel the connection of how you, you are a caring person and have compassion uh, for people. And I think that's the, our goal. If we can connect to others as we connect to ourselves, so maybe connecting to ourselves, we can connect to others. Uh, that might be also the one of the purpose of life, right? The experiment of life, as you said. I love that too. Exactly, exactly. You're also a grief expressionist. What is this work about? I, I, I ask myself, why did I choose these <laughs> complicated Feel, <laughs> you know, I want to be a doctor. It's it's a lot of competition. You have to take all these exams. Yeah. I I want to be a model. I want to be an actor, and and it's all this rejection, and, and it's all it's very tough. Right. And I said, why did I choose this type of field? Do I want to do this stuff? And I, it caused me a lot of grief. It caused me a lot of grief to get rejected all the time when I was in New York. It caused me a lot of grief when I didn't pass my medical boards the first time. Yeah. So. I had to express the grief away. I had to, I had to exit out. Right. And exit out the grief is expressing myself through dancing, mm. through movement, through singing, right. through walking. It's, it's something that have romantic patterns with beats. Something that have beats. Right. The, you know, your heart beats. You have 
heartbeats, your lungs have goes in cycles. So those rhythms and those beats and cycles, they help you relax. And also along with breathing techniques, it's very important. So grief comes from the the field that I've chosen and and the stress I got from it. But I I was able to maintain my sanity by expressing myself through creativity. How interesting, Dr. Audrey, because when I heard the word like grief, we think about losing, right? Loss. But then you are connecting that word to rejection. And that's new to me as well. I never heard of that before. So when we feel rejected, what kind of loss? What happens that relates to loss? What is the feeling? Well, people think grief is just having to do with death. Right. But but if somebody's working on a job and gets fired, mm. that's a grief. Yeah. That's a loss. True. If somebody's been in a relationship, a long-term relationship, or they married, or they got divorced, or they're no longer with their partner, that's a loss. Right. So grief to me is just a loss of something that was very important in your life, and you no longer have it. That's interesting. So rejection, where it is a kind of death. Yes. It all depends on the mind because certain people can't handle that situation. You have people who have committed suicide from losing their job. You have people committed suicide for heartbreak. So it could go to the extreme. Yeah. Would you like to add anything before I ask you my final questions? Well, I just want to thank you uh, for this format. I, I think you you do a, a great job, outstanding job. It's something in your voice um, that provides strength and empowerment. I haven't met you personally. I've read your, your books, and I, I just feel this warmness from your heart. And um, I just think it's a, a pleasure for me to be in your presence, for you to have opportunity to interview me. Mm, I feel the same way, though. Everyone that I talk to, it's a great opportunity, and I, I'm very grateful. I think in the way we are walking one another home, aren't we? <laughs> I like that. Going back home, a home must be that place of love, yeah, of pure love. Yes, that's beautiful. So my last question to you, what is your idea or your definition of success? Success is whatever makes you happy. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I go to my style of fit. My happiness, my success may be different for what your success is. Right. It's up to the human being, the individual. What in life, I should put it this way, are they missing something? Is there a deficit in their life? Or do Mm. they feel that their life is complete? I mean, people say you can't have it all, but I don't know about that. If you feel complete in your life, that's success. If you're doing what you love, that's success. Mm -hmm. If you have loved ones and you're able to give love and receive love, that's success. If you have good health, that's success. If you have your mind, that's success. I love that. True. (laughs) What is to be strong? Well, you know, we all fall down and we all have our weaknesses. But the thing is, can we survive with other failures that come our way? And so if you have the strength to survive the ups and downs in life, you know, yeah. life is like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know what to expect. You know, life is a mystery. You'd be looking for something and you come up with something else. So yeah. if you're able to, to deal with the good and the bad and the twists and turns of life and you still standing, that's strength. Absolutely. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself? The hardest lesson to learn is I like to give and I'm a I'm a service for people, but people take advantage of your kindness. And it it was hard for me to say no. I want to help everyone. I I would go out my way to help someone. But then after a while, I have to say for my own self-care, for my own peace of mind, I had to start saying no. And there's a lot of power 
behind that, a lot of compassion, right? Behind no's too. Yes. But it was difficult for me. It's still a challenge for me. It oh, really yeah, is. yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What is self-love to you? Self-love is self-compassion. You know, people might find that strange, but people, we all make mistakes in life, but it's difficult for people to forgive themselves. They are very hard on themselves. They don't have compassion for themselves. So I said they should have self-compassion to appreciate who they are, to love who they are, and also self-care, to take care of themselves, you know, do things in life that they enjoy. Take a moment just to be lazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. at least once a month, I just, I'll be lazy. Just be lazy. Self-care, just to appreciate who you are. And we're in this world at this moment of time, because this ain't perfect world, but you know, we are really blessed. And my husband is a, a OBGYN doctor. Now a woman 50 years old who wanted to have a baby back in the day, she couldn't have, couldn't have done it. But there are so many things. She could have a baby now. If she's in good health, yeah. you know, taking care of herself, she could have a baby. We live in, the, in technology, in the world, if you want to do something in life, you can achieve it. It's not perfect, but I think we live in one of the best of times and maybe one of the worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> what a paradox. Yeah, exactly. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? Yeah, I do. I do. You know, everything there is extreme. You go to extreme in everything. Because yeah. unconditional self-love, somebody say you barking up on being a narcissistic person. But if you have everything in balance and check, yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, balance. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. If you knew you would die soon in the sense of losing the body, would you make any change or do anything differently? That is a great question. That's a very good question. You know what? To be honest with you, I would say no. Mm-hmm. Because I like my work. I'm a giver. I'm compassionate. I mean, I really try to do good things for the world. I'm not perfect, but I contribute to a world that makes me feel good and I may be sleep at night. So I would have to say, no, I wouldn't change anything. That's wonderful. Do you believe in life after death? You know, my mom is a minister and I was raised to believe that. And so I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment, Dr. Autry? Well, you heard the old saying, you know, you have to pay taxes and you die. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But at at this moment, what I I try to do is each day I try to be grateful and have gratitude and appreciate being alive. And each day I try to spend doing something good for someone else. You know, if I go tomorrow, I would say, well, I've I've done what I'm supposed to do. I try to be a good daughter, a good sister, a good mother, you know, a good wife. I do the best that I can do. I just take it day by day and and, and say I'm grateful. I love that. I love the the, the gratitude feeling and just knowing that we have done everything we could. Exactly. I love that. It has been a warm conversation, genuine, meaningful. I love talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Really great. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, future projects? Well, if you Google my name, you'll see I have a lot of products on Amazon and also I bring up my website. And I do have a website, ordergriefexpressiveness.com. But um, there's a lot of information on me, <laughs> uh, and I didn't realize it, but at least it's positive so far. So that's a good Great. thing. Great. Thank you so much again, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Audrey Pullman, please visit her website, audreygriefexpressionist.com. 
To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Bickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.